Ladies and gentlemen, happy new year and welcome to episode 20 of Sitting Courtside, the Ray Allen before he became a traitor episode. <laughs> what better way to ring in the new year than with a new episode of Sitting Courtside? Like always, my name is Dante. I am joined by Jerry and Jerry, 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 how are you today? How is your new year's? How, how are you doing today? I feel I feel really good, man. We're, we're here in 2024 and stuff like that. You know, first episode of the year. We can take these glasses off because I can't see a damn oh, thing. I was, oh, I was getting the lights going. I was getting started. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you enjoy that. No, I can, uh, no, can definitely take these off. <laughs> but no, nah, it's, it's, it's been cool, man. You know, new year, same podcast, even better podcast, sir. maybe. So, yes, sir. level up, man. New year, better us, right? Exactly. You know, we're going we're gonna to be along with those fat people in the gym for like a month and oh drop off gosh. in February. Well, don't be don't be one of those. I hate people. Those New Year's resolution going to the gym, then you stop after a month. I hate those people. Don't be one of those. But good luck to you. Good luck to you. Uh, but yeah, first episode of the New Year, sitting courtside, episode 20. We're excited to be here. We have a lot of great, a lot of really cool things to talk about. Some big topics, some trades that went down, some teams that are... Looking really, really good right now. Um, we also will be talking about some slept-on players and who we believe are the most slept-on players in the NBA today. But before we get to all of that, Jerry, I think we should start with our hottest topic. Um, we have talked about them before. We have talked about um, a few of their players plenty of times. And, you know, they have earned the right to be spoken about as much as they have been. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Jerry, um, I, they're legit. They're legit. They're a legit team. Um, I don't think we're past the point where it's like they started the season off hot. They're going to cool down type of thing. That narrative is out the window. This team, they, they're legit. They beat the Boston Celtics by Boston Celtics last night, 127 to 123. At one point, they were up by like close to 20, I believe. They were blowing out the Celtics at one point in the fourth quarter as well. Um, right now, the Thunder are the two-seed in the Western Conference at 23-9, and nine, one game behind Minnesota for the number one seed. Jerry, I, I said it twice. Do you agree with me? Are they legit title contenders? What, what do you make of this team? Just give me your thoughts on the Thunder. I think it's one of those teams that, that just has a really, really good pop-off year. It's like, hey, we're here. Now, I, I'm just remembering a Sam Presti interview a couple of years ago that I'm paraphrasing like hell here, but I remember him saying that if they got to the postseason, they don't want it to be like like just a blip, like we just got here. They want right. it to be an arrival, mm -hmm. like, no, we're we're going to be here year after year, and we're going to be knocking on the door to win a championship First every single many. year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm actually, I think we have to give them that respect. They're playing like one of the best teams in the league right now. And you mentioned that they beat your Boston Celtics. Well, within the last week, they beat the Timberwolves, who have mm -hmm. the best record in the West. And they also yeah. beat the Denver Nuggets, who won an NBA title last year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a they're very, beating legit very teams. Good, exactly. It's a very good serving size of what they're doing. And it's consistent. And you could tell by the way that they are playing that SGA is a legit MVP contender. I know that question is going to be asked here, but he's definitely a legit MVP contender. Yeah. He's definitely the leader of a team. Chet Holmgren can win a defensive player of the year, possibly even rookie of the year, because he's playing better than Wimby right now. Because guess what? Yeah. The Thunder are a better team. So everything that they have going on, like for if you're just getting into basketball this year, a young fan, old fan, whatever, 
this is a team that you need to pay attention to, and this is a team that should be your league pass favorite for the rest of the year, probably. Yep. So I've had this conversation with my friends uh, a few times over the last week or so talking with the Oklahoma City Thunder because one of my good friends is a Thunder fan. This team is – he's – yeah, he's – it's a long story. He's a big, like, Westbrook, Katie, Harden, big three. Like, he's an older Thunder fan, not, like, new or whatever. But anyways, I've I've had this conversation a lot. One, I agree. This team, like, Shea is a legit MVP candidate. I think he has proven this year that he can be the number one, the leader on a title contending team. Um, They are filled with just – like – it's not just him. Jalen Williams is averaging 18 points a game. You want to talk about like someone that's not getting talked about. This guy is doing his part, his part in more for the thunder. Um, he is, ha- I mean, he was great last year, but he has taken a huge step up this year. Chet, like you said, who's, who should be the leader in the rookie of the year ladder right now and can win a defensive player of the year as a rookie, which is crazy to think about Josh Giddy, Ludor, Isaiah Joe has been having, a pretty decent year. Cason Wallace, a rookie who has shown flashes that he could be good. This it's a really team, good roster. It's a good roster, and they're young. That's what the that's that's the thing with this team that's like that excites me is how young they are. Is because you have so many options, you have so many directions that this team can go in. Um, they can make trades. They can build around this team. They can do this. They have thirty-five draft picks. They have so many different things they can do. I want to hear your, like, what do you think the Thunder should do? Do you think they should ride out this season with this roster? Do you think that they're like, they're close enough where like they should make a trade and try to make a move right now and try to compete this year? Or what do you think the Thunder should do with the roster they have with the draft picks? Because it's going to get to a point where something, something's got to give. I would definitely swing for the fences like right now. I think mm-hmm. we've seen, for years now, since Sam Presti like launched off his three future MVPs, right? Mm-hmm. Russ, KD, Harden, whatever. All three of those guys left, and then it was the Thunder weren't bad. They still had Russ and PG actually playing well enough. You get rid of those guys, and then you have the Chris Paul led Thunder squad that made the postseason yeah. that was yeah. mm-hmm. sneaky good. So they right. stayed relevant over these past five years. I think to, in order to really take a leap to beat. Like, yes, they're number two in the West right now, but how sustainable is this play going to be? Are they still going to be this good come postseason time? Because we all know that competition ramps up and the stakes yep. get a little higher and then the lights get a little brighter and we could see we could see them for the kids that they really are. They could they could fold up, they could shrivel up and get a, be a first round out. Do you have any P, uh, players in mind, guys, that you think that they could go after I right think now? The first one that jumps to the top of the page for me that I keep seeing, too, is Laurie marketing? I don't mm. think that's exactly what they need to like change their culture or put them over the him top. And Chet, like, I, him and Chet next to each other would be pretty, pretty dynamic. It's going to look pretty, pretty damn nice. It's yeah. going to be pretty uh-huh. damn nice. And like you said, you you listed the draft picks over the next like five years. It's like thirty five first rounders or whatever yeah. it is. So Danny yeah. Ainge is the man that speaks draft picks. Sam Presti does as well. So that could be a deal in the in the works. But I really want to see them go especially if things don't pan out for these two particular bigs. Joel Embiid in Philly, if things go a little sour and maybe sure. there's another first or second round out, maybe Philly's looking to reset and rebuild. Maybe Embiid gets unhappy. 
Maybe you sure. pull the trigger in the summertime for that. And Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, yep. he has revitalized himself in this. I'm accepting that I'm a B guy alongside trade Anthony value. Edwards. Trade yeah. value has gone up a little bit for the Timberwolves. In exactly. For him. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe they try to pry one of those two guys because I think either one would be enough. Obviously, Embiid's a better player. That would be the better mm-hmm. fit. But Carl Towns could also provide plenty for what this young OKC roster has. Right. My, I want to see what your reaction is going to be when I, my friend, we were talking about the type of player that the Thunder might need to like get to that, like, sure, like they're a championship contender. Shea Gilgis is like, he's a 1A, right? But he needs that 1B, kind of like a LeBron and D Wade type of duo sure. in uh, Miami, where it's like, you could have bring someone in that like maybe a Towns who's used to being number one, but becomes number two, and it's like he settles for being a number two, like D Wade was with LeBron and whatever. I think he needs someone that's like has that one capabilities, but like will settle for that lesser role. And Laurie Marketing, I think that that's a good piece, but I don't know if that's someone that gets them to that point. You know what I mean? Right. I'm thinking maybe like. He's not really much for an upgrade. Someone like Pascal Siaka maybe may be available for the Thunder. Maybe they go after, you know, two guys. Maybe, you know, they make a trade with the Jazz and they get uh, Kelly Olenek too. Maybe they get like two or Jordan Clarkson. They load up on some guys, some like older vets or whatever. Um, I think that if they make a move this year, it's going to be a lesser move. I don't know if they're going to go all in, try to trade draft picks and try to get a star because also – I think there's going to be a lot more stars available um, this offseason yeah. as well. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I think this is a good year where you know, okay, this team is good enough where we're probably going to make the playoffs. So we're definitely you know, most likely going to miss out on the play-in, make the playoffs, see what they can do with what you have. And I think then you'll be able to pick out like, these were our true weaknesses. This is what we need to improve. More guys become available. You can, yeah. you can do something big this offseason. Definitely, like, the the Joel Embiid, the Carl Towns, the Laurie speculation. Embiid would be I'm sick. Not, Embiid would that, be would be. That sick. doesn't need to happen this year. I, I'm not picking mm-hmm. anything to happen this year. Right, 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 right. It's definitely going to be like, hey, we're good enough to compete. I'm looking at right. it just like this other team that we're going to talk about here next. That I'm not going to spoil it. But <laughs> yeah. they, they're, they're kind of on the same plane where we could make one or two little very ancillary moves to kind of improve our roster for like a role player kind of piece, but not right. swing for the fences for a star sure. that might not fit. Like even you Pascal, s- there needs to be right. a guarantee for any team that he's going to go to that he's going to resign because right. essentially he's a one-year rental since mm-hmm. his contract expires at the end of the season. Yeah. So a they're, team not gonna like tra- they're not going to be trading picks and all that stuff if he's going to be there for no. not even a full season. We got like you're talking like by the deadline, which I could see Pascal being moved like early February. We're probably talking like 20 to 25 games that he's going to be playing in X city or whatever it is. So I'm, I'm cool with the Pascal trade. I I think he's like one of like 10 guys in the league that averaged 20 plus points, five rebounds and five assists, whatever the stat was. So he he impacts all facets of the game, especially offensively. He's a great player. So, I mean, I really liked last week. I think it was when we were talking about um, Kevin Durant and where he would go if the Suns traded him and you said the thunder. Listen, listen, I'm just saying, you put Kevin Durant on that Thunder team right now. I would pick him. I'd pick him. I'd, I'd, I think I'm picking him at, least, at the very least coming out of the West. That's for damn sure. So and You know what? You you talked about a little bit about 
the Thunder getting a 1B, per Mm. se. And I think it speaks volumes about what we're saying, how they shouldn't make a move this year for a big star to the offseason. Because Chet Holmgren has that 1B potential. He does. He does. You know, not Kevin Durant exactly, not quite the sniper or scorer that KD is, but Chet can pour in 19 to 22 points next year for all we know. We we don't know what his ceiling looks like since we don't see many players. We haven't seen many players like him in NBA history. Not many people that we compare him to. to Is Wemby. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it's, um, he definitely has a potential. I think, um, he definitely could be a 1B guy. Uh, who knows yeah. what his future holds? I mean, he's showing that the sky's the limit as a rookie. He could win. He could be a defensive player of the year finalist. So it'll, I'm very – I can't wait to follow along with this Thunder team because if they do things the right way, Jerry, you, you can clip that. we can clip this off and play oh, this yeah. in the next five, ten years. It's like we're looking at the next NBA dynasty. Like we Absolutely. we truly are. So The, the last thing I'm going to say before we do move on mm-hmm. – this Thunder team obviously has has us in a chokehold, but I think the <laughs> yeah. fact that they're so young, but there doesn't appear to be any any major egos on the team like, oh, I need X amount of shots. Or, it seems like they've all bought in. That's why it works. Like, they they play as a team. Like, obviously, yeah. Shea gets his. That's Of course, he's the leader, he, but he yeah. everyone, everyone falls in play. It's perfect, dude. That team is just – they did a great job. Yeah. It's now like, let's like move on. Souls, man. Sorry. Shout dude, out to Mark like, Bagley. No, no, no. <laughs> Shout out to yeah, dude. Also found out he's a uh, Massachusetts resident. He's from uh, uh what? Where did he go? Uh, honestly, I, don't, I forget. I think it's Lemonster. Um, intermission. Intermission. Hold on, guys. He went to one second. One second. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right. Lemonster. Yep. Went to Lemonster High. They showed that graphic last night. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. That's a brother uh, right there, then, man. That's that's a yeah. Nice that's that's on uh, my my side, my side up in here, Mass. All right, so let's talk about the second uh, most important topic we have here. Probably the biggest piece of news in the NBA this week because it's the first trade um, that we've gotten in a in a while. It feels like so. Yeah. The New York Knicks finally, if I say so myself, traded away RJ Barrett. We've actually we actually talked about this recently and like RJ going to other places and stuff. So it's ironic that this happened. The Knicks trade R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a second-round pick for O.G. Ananobe, Precious Achua, Achua, and Malachi Flynn on the Toronto Raptors. So, new-look new, new York Knicks, the big three of Brunson, Randall, and O.G. And now, R.J. Barrett is back in Canada playing for the Raptors. Quickly is now going to be a full-time starter in Toronto as well. Um, how do we feel about this trade, Jerry? Because I feel like when this trade came out, it was very – people were against the Knicks and what they did. People were pissed. They were like, Knicks lost this trade. And that's why I felt like all I saw. And I think I have a different opinion on the trade and who walks out the victor and who doesn't here. But I want to hear your opinion first. First of all, do you think it was a good trade for either side? Second of all, what do you think – um, will come from these players that were involved in this trade. I really I like it for both teams. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's an ideal like win win trade. I don't think you really get those too often. But I think New York wins here primarily because you shed off like thirty million dollars or whatever it was in cap space because RJ yep. is making like a little over a hundred while OG's making yep. around seventy dollars seventy million dollars a year for his contract. So and and um, 
uh, quickly was due for a contract. He's a restricted yep. free agent this offseason. He know he was gonna there was gonna be a team that was definitely gonna give him twenty five thirty. Exactly. For sure. Yep. So the Knicks the Knicks made a smart salary move here. The one part that I'm very kind of confused on though is the fact that the Raptors were seeking out like a Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell kind of first round pick deal, right? That yeah, we were hearing that first. OG. Yeah. OG yeah. was supposed to be like a guy that goes for four to five first round picks. Like months ago, when people were talking about him getting traded, people wanted three first. They want three for four, three, four first round picks for him. Excuse yeah. me, I couldn't get that out of my mouth. Um, yeah, so it was. I think that was the most surprising thing too, is just seeing like not how little, but how different of a return the Raptors yeah. got than what and what yeah. they made it seem like they wanted. I will say too, I'm I agree with you a thousand percent. I think this was a trade that was. I think both teams benefited from this because one. The Knicks shed shed cap space. That R.J. Barrett contract. We've talked about how he just hasn't been improving. He's just kind of always just been there, and he like he's can't get the, to that next he's level. Lost in the sauce, right? You know? So it's like he's lost in that New York sauce. So he had to get he had to go back home. Um, who know that contract could could have ended up being one of the worst in the league, right? Who knows? Quickly was going to be due for another twenty five thirty. So that's fifty sixty million you shut off. Now you get. OG, who is, I think he's someone that will fit into this system better. And, you know, you kind of yeah. lost like two key players in the offense and stuff, but I think you have a much better balanced offense now. I do think Brunson has a little bit more pressure on him now, a little bit more weight to carry because he loses his backup. But I think that they are, they have enough pieces like Dante DiVincenzo, Hart, um, you know, obviously Randall, they have. Uh, you know, they have all these pieces and stuff where they're still deep enough where they have the offensive weapons. Guys have to step up. Grimes as well will have a bigger role. Um, exactly. And who um, someone had a big game the other night. Uh, I think it was DiVincenzo that had a big game the other night or um, someone had 30 or whatever. But I just think that they they simplified their roster, their lineup. And I think, yeah. like, defensively, it works. Like, OG's a really good two-way player. Um OG's a free agent this offseason, so we'll see if, you know, his agent actually is Leon Rose, who is a part of the Knicks organization, so actually forget about that. He's, he'll probably he's gonna, be there for long back. term. Um, and then we look at the other side, of the other side of the coin. I think, and I texted you this, I, I tweeted on the sitting court side Twitter, I was texting you about this, RJ Barrett, this might be his time where he becomes a star. Like, he might, maybe it was... Being in New York, maybe that was the the handcuffs or whatever. But now he's back in Canada. He's back home in Toronto. I think he's gonna, you know, if it's if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen now. And I think quickly he's gonna become a stud too. I don't I don't want I don't have to get into that. I think he's gonna drop twenty plus. Um, but I'm very excited to see what RJ does back in Toronto. I think it's 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 like first grade math, man. Like. <laughs> There, there is but so many basketballs to go around in a certain system. And like with mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau was running out offensively in New York, R.J. Barrett wasn't really going to – his services weren't necessarily required. Sure. You have your perimeter star in Jalen Brunson. You have a guy that wants to be a perimeter star but should be more in the post than Julius Randle. <laughs> Two yeah. guys that pretty much operate pretty well with each other. The Knicks aren't a bad team this year. They, they're in the middle of the pack. But R.J. Barrett literally got phased out the offense in times. So, like you said, I think that's a perfect way to kind of summarize the trade for New York. They simplified things. OG is a guy that shoots over 40% on catch-and-shoot threes. OG is also a guy that can lock down a team's best perimeter player. And Tom Thibodeau is a guy that throughout his career 
has found these workhorses to provide at very high levels and hope they develop for the best. I think the best case example, Luel Dane, Jimmy Butler in both Chicago and Minnesota. And now mm-hmm. he gets a guy like OG who has a similar kind of build. So Tom sure. Thibodeau, you got your Luel Dane. When it, comes <laughs> down, when it comes down to Toronto, yeah, I agree. I think RJ should should be in a situation where he could thrive in a younger system. But yeah. he's going to still have to learn how to play off the ball because Scotty Barnes is the franchise guy. Yeah. I understand yeah. that RJ is the, you know, the, the it's a feel-good story. You, you grew up a Raptors fan. You love Toronto, blah, blah, blah. That's dope. You get to play for your city, but guess what, buddy? You got to put on for your city now. <laughs> That's true. So, he does have to. Playing along with Dennis Schroeder, Emmanuel Cook quickly, Scotty Barnes, Pascal, however long, much longer for than now. to be there. Yeah, for got now. the hurdle. That's that's a decent team. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know what to expect out of RJ. I think I agree with what you said on Twitter. I agree with what you texted me. RJ should blossom into somewhat of like a B tier kind of star player that could move up into the A tier some nights, take over down the clutch, or make one or two All Star games over his career. He, that's still mm-hmm. there, but yeah. it just. I think it's just about culture at this point and not necessarily coddle the man, but do your best to develop him throughout the process while he's going to be in town because he's going to be there for the next three to four years. So, yeah. He signed up long term. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and two, like neither of these teams, I think at least the Raptors aren't done. I think, I think OG being traded kind of is them. First of know that they're cleaning house. I think Siakam's coming. His time's coming. Um, and the Knicks, what what do the Knicks do now? Do they make another move, like to try to like add more to this roster? Do they try because they have you know some draft picks, they have some stuff to work with, or kind of similar how we were talking about the Thunder. Do they hold out this season, work with this roster, then wait for the off season, see if any big hitters become available, and that's when you kind of empty out your your treasure chest and try to get someone. If something is there or somebody is there to take. I say New York swings at it as long mm-hmm. as it actually has a positive impact. Right. Now, don't just do it to do it type of thing. No, like this OG trade, I think the writing was on the wall where we had RJ Bear for X amount of years. We all were complaining whenever they gave RJ that money because he proved nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of like I think it's similar to OKC. I wouldn't mind them making a move, a minor move to pick up another ancillary. Right, piece. I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they're like we just talked about them shedding off cap space. They're going to pay OG, sure, but there's also Donovan Mitchell that Stephen A. Smith has been wanting in a New York Knicks uniform yes, forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also a Carl Towns that will be available. And Again, Joel that be could be available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the list goes on and on. It's a pretty good class that's coming up. PG and, and Kawhi. free agents, free agents, right? PG and Kawhi. Yep. If things don't pan out in, in Clipperville. You could talk PG, you could talk Kawhi, you could talk Harden, you could talk West, whatever. Yeah, pick one. Pick two if you want. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it'll be – us talking about this is getting me excited for – like this season has been great and everything. I think this offseason is going to be – is going to be pretty big for some teams. I think a lot of teams are on the cusp of like being really good and like need to make that next move. And we're anticipating it with a few teams here, but it'll be very – Interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I I don't really see the Knicks making any other moves unless it's those minor ones that we were talking about. Just like a few role players, maybe a potential starter, nothing crazy. Um, I think this is a good move for both sides, uh, at least 
for what we see right now, for what we've seen. Um, we'll see how it plays out, but we'll see. Uh, I love trade season, so hopefully that's the first of many because that was a out of nowhere trade. So I opened up Instagram and I saw the graphic and I was like, oh, teams yeah. are doing that now. I forgot that. I forgot that that was a thing. Yeah, we're we're creeping up, man. So like, you know, bonus question here. That's something that's not on our rundown. Just yeah. what do you think is going to be the first domino to fall? Like, obviously, OG is gone, but mm. in terms of star players, because technically Julius Randle is a star player, made an all star game. Right. Donovan Mitchell is another piece. Pascal we talked about. Mm. What team is going to make a move for somebody that's going to like break the internet for a little bit? Mm. That's a if good any. question. I feel like it's got to be a team that's like like one of those teams that's like on the cusp or something like that or a team that's just starting to blow things up. Maybe it is a Thunder. Honestly, I think it could be a team like the Thunder that just have so much to work with that they just like secretly just pull off a trade for someone. Um, the Raptors, I mean, I think the, everyone knows Siakam's going to be gone, so maybe it could be the Raptors just completely changing their team. Um I honestly, what I love, what makes the NBA so great is how unpredictable it is. It could literally be any team, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's going to be very, um, you have to be glued to your phones for the next few months. That's for sure. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the, who do you, yeah. Who do you have? I got to go with the Lakers, man. I think so, it's, it's at, it's at a point right now where they're at the 10th seed, 17 to 17, exactly 500 where they still need like a playmaking guard. And I don't know if they banked on Gabe Vincent being that, but he's missed a lot of time this year. And he just had surgery, right? Yep. So maybe they swing for a guy like Anthony Simons if he becomes available or Mm. another interesting guard that might be able to fit what they have. Maybe they get Dennis Schroeder for a third time. Who knows? (laughs) Hey, like we said, the Raptors are cleaning house. They got a new starting point guard. They don't need Schroeder anymore. So yeah, who knows? Um, but that's what makes the NBA so exciting is that you don't know. It can be anyone. So, and let's talk about a team, another team, Jerry, that is making a big splash in the NBA right now, a team that more people should be talking about because they finally won a basketball game. After they got their wings 20, in Detroit. They finally got their wings at Wingstop after 28 straight losses. The Detroit Pistons defeat the Toronto Raptors and win their third game of the season, um, and they ha- I just went right back on a, on a losing streak. Uh, they are they are three and thirty now. But hey, Jerry, that's not let's not talk about the negatives. Let's focus on the positives. They beat the Raptors. Kate Cunningham thirty points, twelve assists. They did it, Jerry. We're one step closer. You're not having to wear a shirt or buy a shirt for this uh, for this podcast. I might as well go ahead and put it in the cart though. <laughs> at this point i mean like you know congrats you should have like, asked for christmas you should have asked for it for christmas so you didn't have to buy it for yourself if i just if i could just tap into being like the inner asshole that i know is in everybody who gives a damn <laughs> like, you won one basketball game to the point where you have three wins Dude. In the Did you see it? Game. I saw this was really funny to me. So the tweet, like the final score tweet of like the Detroit Pistons win the game, whatever, has like probably right now, I saw this like a day or two ago, right now has at least double the amount of favorites and likes as the Denver Nuggets account when they tweeted they won the championship. People were going crazy, which is terrible. They're going crazy over team winning one game in 29 tries. Dude. 
it's this is bad. It is bad. It's really bad that we're celebrating this. And it was funny too because after the game, you could see some players like Jalen Duran was like like looking up like thank God type of thing. Bogdanovich was like giving the ball over like let's get the fuck out of here. Like he's like I I like I can't believe this type of I thing. Mean, I I just just think about like winning is obviously hard, but to lose that many games consecutively is just. It gets to a it gets to a point where it's like genuinely like, do these guys care? Like, are they actually trying? Like, I think towards like the once you got to the twenties, I think it was pretty obvious that some players were just defeated and just did not give a fuck. It's, it's demoralizing. Like, I'm getting it's paid demoralizing. It is go it out is. there and try to win games, and in such amount of tries, we've only done it three times this season. Like, I don't even know how to fathom that. Like, as as a person, I, I hate losing in cornhole. I don't like losing in pool. I don't like losing <laughs> 2K. at all. 2K. Two K pisses me Whatever. off. Like it's 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 upsetting that I'm not even getting paid to lose, but they're getting mm-hmm. paid and they are losing games. And meanwhile, Monty Williams over the summer just became the highest paid coach in NBA yes, history. He did. Yes, and this he did. is the product that you put out on the floor. This is a team in in day in the debut of your contract year. You just got this brand new dollar and you're putting out shit it's terrible and like this is the third straight week we talked about such a bad team and it's bad that they're getting so much buzz that they had more likes and favorites and retweets than when the nuggets won the chip god what are don't like you, what are what's up with us today man like human don't beings, you love man. don't you love america isn't america great that's your that's your weekly uh, Detroit rant from Jerry. Be back, come back next week for another one because I'm sure there will be something more to say. Listen, Jerry, like we, some like I said, we just have to focus on positives. Okay, we just have to focus. Like they they, they did it, man. They did it, man. Freecade. They know they know what it's like to win now. Freecade. Freecade. Also free Bogdanovich. I forgot, like, we were talking about the Thunder. Talk about a guy that could get shipped off to a contender, Bogdanovich, I think could be a good uh, a good guy for one of those teams, for sure. Another 20-point-per-game score. But let's get – let's talk – I even ha- – I had this whole quote from Kate. You know, I'll read it, whatever, it's here. After the – so the Celtics almost lost to the Pistons, which I'm honestly, like – I put money on the Pistons because we talked about this. I was like, my, if I know my Celtics well enough, they're going to make it very difficult. They were down by 20. At least I took their spread, so I did win something. But after the game, Celtics obviously won. Cade Cunningham said, I think it shows that we're on the same level as all these teams we're playing against. There's no team that I've come across in the NBA where I felt like it was I was going into a slaughterhouse. Jerry, the man said it himself. They're on the same level as everyone else. The record is just like, don't just, don't look at the record, okay? Oh, please. <laughs> just ignore hey, the record. I, Greg, I if, we're, if we if we don't if we if records aren't even in consideration here, like they're definitely on the same level as everyone else. Head and shoulders. <laughs> I could appreciate the man for. I love the confidence. Yes, I love. Yes. I like. You I like. Never go enough. You need it. You need someone with that. Yeah. Yeah. I could appreciate what he's trying to do, but, but he doesn't believe that. himself. He doesn't. You believe are what not he's on the same <laughs> level. <laughs> With a lot of these teams. Like any he's, given night. And it's like any given Sunday, right? Any given is, night in yep, NBA, right? a team could win. I, I, I could say that. But to say that you're on the same level with the Boston Celtics, who don't, don't they have the best record in the league? Something like oh, that. Okay. Yeah. No, you're not. You have the worst. <laughs> no. You, you are competing. You are vying for the number one pick in the 2024 NBA draft. 
I might not even get them. Oh my god! Imagine if they only got like the fourth or fifth pick. I, it's it's rigged. Like you know what? It wouldn't even surprise me because guess what? Charlotte won seven games, <laughs> and we got Michael Kidd Gilchrist at number two. Anything is possible. NBA. Uh, we're amazing. One of the best happening. jump shots of all time. Listen, when the lights are bright and the cameras are on, Cade Cunningham is saying that. But when he goes home late at night and he's looking himself in the mirror, he knows damn well his team is not on the same level as as anyone else. Uh, poor Cade. Poor Cade. All right. Let's – enough of the negativity. Let's move on to our last topic. The last thing we want to talk about, let's talk about some – some slept on guys here, Jerry. Let's be a little bit more positive to end the show. We Let's talk about who we believe are the most slept on NBA players this year. Um, you said you had a few of them, so I actually want you to start. I would love to hear okay. uh, who you have as the most slept on players. Yeah, I got a couple, man. Like, I think I think it's there's a lot to be said about some of these names that I'm going to throw out here. Sure. Um, I'll start with the New York Knicks duo, actually. I think Jalen Brunson. Is getting all his due diligence now, but it's still somebody that we we have to touch on. And well, is he a top five point guard this year? Is he top ten? Whatever. I think we we said it last week definitively. I think he can be a top five point guard. I think he could be, depending on who you ask, better than a De'Aaron Fox or better yeah. than a Damian Lillard so far this season. Like he has the numbers and the capability to be comped up to those guys. So Jalen Brunson is one of them. The other one I got to give props to Julius Randle. As bad as he might look on a basketball court sometimes. Started the season shitty. Started the season terrible. After Christmas, he's averaging like a little over 28 points a game, around 10 rebounds, five assists. Like he has all the tools and a physical body to be a super good player in this league. Now, we all could say, no, he's not good enough to be a number one option on a championship team. I could also admit that. I don't think he is. I'm not saying that. But definitely. If the Knicks did decide to move on from Julius Randle or trade him, like how it seems like all of New York wants them to do, Julius Randle will be a really good piece, depending on where he ends up. Because he won't have to be the number one option. He can be the second right. or third option. Mm-hmm. And I think he will thrive in any situation where there's at least one guy that's better than him that's a perimeter sure. star. I don't know where that is. Maybe it could be a place like Memphis, like John Moran, Julius Randle. I don't know. But... If there's a sure. really good guard in place or a really good wing in place, Julius Randle could be a super effective player, just like how we're seeing out in New York. But right. mentally, he just knows that I don't think Jalen Brunson's that much better than me, if at all. In fact, he's not. That's where the problem is. There has to be a definitive force that's like, I'm 1A, and you're not even 1B. You're just 2. You're just number right. 2. Lastly, this last guy, I got to throw him on here. He's only played 11 games, unfortunately, this season. Well, we mentioned him earlier in the show. Anthony Simons, who is putting yes. up 27 points per game yep, in, Dame's, in Dame's, you know, understudy, replacement, whatever you want to call him. Anthony Simons is going to get a lot of attention at this trade deadline. Oh, yeah. And I think Big he time. has that combo guard potential to be mm-hmm. a very, very important contributor on any postseason team. I don't know where that how could be. Old is, how old is Anthony Simons? I want to say like 24. 24. Oh, 24. 24. Okay. Young. Yeah, so, so Plenty young. of time. And, and I think we're all raving and, and having a great time with Tyrese Maxey's kind of arrival in Philadelphia since Harden's gone. Anthony Simons, I, I think, is kind of better a notch or two mm. above Tyrese Maxey just because he's bigger and he's 6'5". Like, being that right. size, being able to play the one or two is huge in this league. And Tyrese Maxey is just a little shorter, unfortunately. So 
that's my hot take of the day that I think Anthony Simons in the right situation. And I'm hoping it's the Lakers because, of course, I'm a fan. <laughs> could contribute to a postseason team today if traded. If Portland doesn't want to do this whole rebuild thing with him, they want to restart. Scoot's been playing a little better as of late. Maybe they yeah, want to insert insert Scoot into the starting lineup, have Anthony, you know, get some more picks helpful. Because they could. No, He's yeah. If, that, really if they trade Simons, they're going to get – uh, they're going to get a handful of picks in return, definitely. Especially because he's so young, too. Um, I, I like the, I like all those picks. I like the Simons pick as well. Um, so I have, like, my one big pick, and then I kind of have, like, the same, where I have one duo I want to shout out, and then I want to shout out one other guy. I want to shout out Paulo Bancaro and Franz Wagner on oh, the uh, yes, Orlando Magic. Like, yeah. those two almost putting up identical stats. Paulo's putting up 21.8 points, 7.2 rebounds, 4.7 assists, one steal. Uh, Franz is putting up 21.3 points, uh, six rebounds, four assists, 1.2 seals. They're the fifth seed in the in the Eastern Conference right now. I feel like the last few years, it's always been a trend of like the start of every year, the Magic would start off really well and then they'd fall off the face of the earth. But we they are, they're staying, like they're staying afloat. They are staying um, like right in the middle of the pack in the East, like floating around with those teams like the Knicks that we were mentioning. Um, just a really there are like those two are just really a really good duo leading the charge of this young uh, magic team who are looking like they, you know, are, you know, they want to make a little bit of a run. They want to, you know, show that they can compete with some of these, these upper teams. And I'll tell you what, like, you know, they give some teams trouble. They give the Celtics some trouble. They give, you know, teams. They problems. match up, well. they match up, they match up very well. They're a very long team. They got a lot of length. They got a lot of size, um, depth, um, I really like what they're doing in Orlando and Franz Wagner and Paulo deserve a lot of credit for leading the way there. Um, another guy who we mentioned earlier, who I'm actually really just bringing up right now because I was looking at his stats earlier and didn't real I didn't realize he was having such a good season. So I was sleeping on him. Jalen Williams on the thunder averaging 17.9 points on 52% shooting from the field, 43% shooting from three, 85% from the free throw line. Um, and also four steals up, uh, not, no, not Whoa. four steals, four <laughs> rebounds, four assists, one steal. Excuse me, that would be crazy if he was. Um, but yeah, second leading score on this Thunder team right there with Chet. Um, but he is holding his own, man. Like you want to talk about guys that are really like, you know, have really stepped up uh, on this team. Like Shea is, you know, the leader there. But Jalen Williams, man, he really stepped up this season, really taken over as that, that you know, two third option guy, second third option guy. Mm -hmm. And he's doing very well this season. Um, didn't notice that before. I'm glad I did now. And I want to keep my eye on him more as the year goes on. And my big name guy, who we I feel like we we haven't talked about him like at all this year. Um, and that guy is De'Aaron Fox on the Sacramento Kings. He's averaging 30 points a game, four uh, almost five rebounds, six assists, and almost two steals a game, shooting 48% from the field and 40% from the three-point line. I think people are just kind of like, you know, the Kings had their big run last year. They had their big Cinderella run with the third seed. And like now it's like, okay, like now we know the Kings are good. Like they're there. They're not as talked about now. Maybe they're not as, I don't want to say not as entertaining, but they're not as big of a story as they were last year. They're the fifth seed right now. They're only one game behind the fourth seed and only three and a half games back to the three seed. They're very close to like being in that upper, you know, uh, yep. top of the Western Conference, um, you know, maybe people are just not, like, 
kind of like looking at these other teams, like the Thunder are making a Cinderella run. So they're kind of getting more attention. And people are kind of forgetting the Kings are like, hey, man, they're there. Like, they're still playing well. Darren Fox is leading the charge. And, um, you know, he's definitely going to be making some noise for like all-star and all-NBA considerations this year. Like, he's having a very, very good season. Um, so I wanted to give Darren Fox his flowers. Yeah, no, like, I, just like just like you, I love all of those. I mean, Darren Fox, about put the Hornets away last night watching watching the game. Uh, <laughs> Charlotte won, unfortunately, you know, fortunately, to yeah. break their 11-game losing mm-hmm. streak. So I'm glad Terry Rozier and the bunch took one away from D. Fox and those guys. Yep. So. But no, nah, Darren Fox is, you know. Clutch like, player of the year, too, won it last year. There's something about that award that just doesn't it just that well. right like it's this doesn't seem like it's like important or like no one's gonna remember that like it's dope but yeah. I forget that he won that award yeah no I forget that it's even an award <laughs> I forget that that's gonna be an option for at the end of the year yeah but listen let us know in the comments who you think um, is a or which players are being slept on this year honestly like we've talked about like how talented this league is and stuff. It's like, there's so much talent. There's so many good teams that it's just people are bound to be slept on. You can't keep up with everyone. So it's important to refresh everyone every so often and remind everyone who is, who is really performing well this year and who wasn't getting their flowers. That's what we're here for, Jerry. That's what we're here for. I I think 2024, I'm a gardener, baby. 2024, man. I think that's (laughs) it for the, for episode, um, go the money. Pull yeah. the blinders. Jerry, do you have any last words you have to say to these people before we sign off and uh, get into playing some games? Absolutely, man. I think I think I just got some college football things to get out the system real mm. quick. Number oh, one, yeah. Georgia matching up against Florida State. I don't want to hear anything about fans thinking that, oh, Florida State got treated disrespectfully. This is exactly why you guys were not voted into the top four because you lost like 63 to 6. <laughs> <laughs> It's two different levels. Like, SEC football, uh, it's like godly. ACC football, nah, buddy, stay down there. Secondly, secondly, I don't give a goddamn piss about the Alabama tie. Bama blitz, right? No, no, no. I picked Michigan to win and also picked Washington go. to win. So, I made go. some money over the break. I feel really Hell good yeah. heading into the championship game. Give me Michigan. It, oh, you know, I'm th- I think I'm going to go 14. I got to cover the spread. 14. There you go. Feel pretty okay. good. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. I'm not. I'm. I'm not a big college football guy, so I don't really have anything to add there. But I, you know, I'll take your word for it. Maybe if I look at some, uh, some props, some bets, maybe I'll, I, I know who I'm going to hit up. So I know. I know I'll hit you up for there. And I don't know if I have anything to add. I will say though, if we're talking about bets, really quick, Tyreek Hill is two hundred and about two hundred fifty yards away from breaking the record. Yes. Bills, Dolphins this Sunday night. Uh, Dolph, they're fighting for the two C in the AFC, or they're fighting for the um, the crown in the AFC East. The Bills win; they're the number two C. I think the Dolphins win; they also might be the two seed. I'm not saying Tyreek Hill is going to break the record, but I definitely think he's going to get over 101 and a half receiving yards. Don't quote me on it. Don't listen. I'm not a gambling advisor, but I know what I'm doing this weekend. But I'll save it. I'm good. good. Save it. All right, all right, all right. All right. Well. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching. We appreciate you so much for tuning in for episode 20 of Sitting Courtside. We hope you had a great uh, new year. We hope you have a phenomenal 2024. Um, Stay in the gym. Stay in the gym. Uh, Don't be one of those New Year's resolutions people. 
Um, we appreciate you for all your support in 2023. We can't wait for a big 2024, um, you know, really just like growing this channel and growing this community, um, you know, all across the board. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, obviously, our content here, you can watch our shorts, our gamified videos that, you know, you could play along with us. We used to do that in the old podcast, but now it's just the topics and stuff to kind of condense it and kind of spread things out a little bit more. But thank you guys for your support. Can't wait for 2024. And I think that's it, Jerry. So until episode 21, peace out.